of Scotland to the spiritual splendor that is Augusta. Grab a seat, grab a glass, and punch your ticket to the power train. Hey guys, welcome back to uh, another power train. Thanks for hopping on board. This is episode 17 with Mike Johnson on the web.com tour. Look, I know we say this pretty much before every episode, but this truly is a gem. Strat and I sat down with Mike, and not only did he give us some inside the ropes, incredible tour stories. For example, he's really good buddies with the guy that played in Steph Curry's group on the web. Uh, he's been good friends with Smiley and JT for years from college golf and SEC. He's won the second most times at Auburn, by the way. But the guy's just a good old one of the boys, you know, and got a lot of friends on tour. And we grilled him. We asked him if uh, Steph played his web.com event and shot a pair of 74s with his mouth guard in. Interesting answer there. Uh, apparently, caddies have a interesting strategy to help pick up girls for the guys on tour. Uh, you might want to use that tip for when you go play next weekend. And uh, apparently, Jason Duffner likes to talk shit. So we're going to get into all of that. Uh, let's just jump right in. All right. And we are back. Episode 17 with Mike Johnson a Auburn alum, now on the web.com tour. I think it's always a good best practice to make our guests feel a little, little good sure. before, we, uh, before we start. So let me give you a few accolades here to give the listeners a bit more context. So I know you were the former uh, Golf Week first team All-American. You have the second most wins in Auburn golf history. And you even won the junior players. Uh, so we're going to talk oh, yeah. a bit about that. I, I, I did some digging. I've got some... ESPN research in the blood in the family. So Man. we did some digging on that leaderboard, some big names on that leaderboard. Uh, yeah, that's, that was wild. Yeah. yeah. Research there. Oh, yeah. But now you're on web.com. We saw that you almost won a month ago. Um, but definitely a guy to look out for these next couple of years, uh, hopefully on the PGA Tour. So, Mike, we're just going to open it up. We always like to start off with a little bit of a fun segment. So, speaking of a guy to look out for, Let's say you win the Masters, okay? You're on the PGA Tour, full status. You get that green jacket. This segment is called Sunday Leaderboard. We want you to rank your top five guys, either on tour that you know or sports in general, who you'd want on your private jet for a night of celebration after winning the Masters. Sports in general, so I can pick any professional athlete. Yeah, you can go current or former. Oh, man. Well, man. Well, I'll do a couple guys. Um, you know, I'm good friends with Smiley and good friends with JT, so I'd like to have them on there um, for PGA Tour players. And I probably, professional athletes, I'd probably go, I'd probably, Mickey Mantle, that'd probably be a good oh, one. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, he, I think he could send it pretty well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then uh, Dom Bazzelli, good friends with Dom. Um, he likes to have some fun sometimes. Sure. Um, this is kind of against my blood, but another Bama guy, uh, Bud Colley. He's a really good dude. Oh, He's yeah. a lot of fun. I always enjoy being around Bud. Um, and then probably Tom Lovelady. He's one, probably one of my better friends out here on the web. Love that. So you're going for the the good time theme here, which I think is a smart choice. 
Yeah, I mean, you just won the Masters. You probably withdraw the next tournament. Yeah, you're going to probably have that flight. Do, <laughs> that, that, that pilot do a couple of uh, couple of laps around the airport before you end up touching down. Yeah. Okay. And you, you might need to tell Smiley to hold on the natty. You might want some nicer stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it gets the job done. <laughs> you start with the natty and you finish with something else. But don't sure. turn your back on that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go. Uh, I like what you're doing here. I think from the PGA, I'm obviously going to take John Daly. I think he's shown up with a couple of extra people that I'm probably going to let on, um, including yep. a carton of cigarettes, because sure. fuck it, why not? Sure. Um, <laughs> and then I'm, I'm probably going to go with, uh, I'll probably go with Brooks Kepka. just if things, if, if some of John's entourage get a little out of hand, I feel like Brooks can uh, chuck nucks if need be. Sure. Um, I'm probably going to go with... Uh, I'm going to pull in Marty McSorley just because he's a goon, and I think hockey guys are always good at uh, popping bottles. Great hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great head of hair. Mm-hmm. Speaking of great head of hair, we'll go with Bryce Harper just to see if we can't get a few tips on some of that hair care. Mm-hmm. Always, trying yeah. to, always trying to learn. And then uh, I'm going to throw in, um, let's see, who else? I'll probably go with Kobe just because. Uh, L.A. guy. Yeah, I'm an L.A. guy. I'm a Kobe fan. And then more, more than anything, I just want to see if I could try to get some sneakers out of him. Ev? I mean, you know what? I'm going to let – I don't even need to go through my top five. I just want to see if Billy Payne's going to ride, and if I can see that guy loosen up a bit. <laughs> I, I want to see that guy lay a few back, so I'm just going to go with Billy Payne. All right, I like that strategy. All right, let's talk uh, – let's lead in with a little bit of your life on the web.com. Yeah, so I think, you know, everybody kind of assumes what life on the, uh, the PGA Tour is like with uh, the private jets, the wheels up, sponsorships, the big money. Um, I, I think what a lot of people don't – know about is uh you know just what life on web.com tours like i think sometimes we get a quick glimpse but you know what are kind of the the big standouts as to as to just like what the daily grind is like on the uh on the dot com tour well there's no private jets out here (laughs) um and that's i mean that's just i mean we're playing minor league ball basically so i mean it's not crazy um there's a lot of uh, Southwest flights, you know, trying to get a good deal. And then if you're under about six hours of driving, you're probably going to drive, um, which isn't terrible sometimes because you usually pay someone 20 bucks to drive and you get some roadies. And you just just go down the road. Yeah, so, I, like I mean, life, life could be worse. Um, the funny thing is about the web and the travel is the, the foreign events. Um, like, plenty of people have been to bogota and panama for for like vacation with their family we're not there on vacation like we're right in the thick of things in uh panama um it's an interesting place in bogota you know on every street corner there's a cop with a machine gun um, or automatic weapon Mm. Um, so it's it's different um but i mean i felt safe in both cities it was fine and then like we went to mexico and everyone's like, oh, Mexico, it's great. You know, I've been to Cancun. I'm like, we're not in Cancun. We're in Leon, Mexico. <laughs> so it's a little it's a little different. And um, you just have to learn how to adjust. And it's nothing crazy. It all comes down to golf. But uh, the travel, you, you really have to be patient because your bags are going to get lost. I think on our flight from Leon to Dominican, not one golf club um, – arrived in dominican because the plane was too small jesus so uh, so it's it's tough you just have to, i've learned to be real patient and if your bags show up it's just a plus on the week <laughs> yeah, it sounds like um you know you hear a lot of like pro ball players talk about how 
Some of the best times they had was, you know, in the minor leagues just because of the camaraderie and everything. Do you feel like it is kind of a, a brotherhood of sorts where everybody's kind of in it together or is it a bit more um, individual with everyone kind of just doing their own thing? Um, I would say there's more of, I don't want to say clicks. There's, I mean, I get along with everyone. Um, I don't really dis- discriminate against certain players. Um, but there's definitely some groups out here. Uh, they kind of travel together and stay together. And usually you have a roommate every week. You know, on the big tour, you don't have a roommate for the most part. Um, but, I mean, really, the the web is kind of funny because most of the golfers just drink and gamble. Uh, it's it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of what you do. Like Monday through Tuesday, you're going to gamble just to stay sharp. And then if you miss a guy, you're probably going to, be in an airport bar or a local bar or something just to get just to get out of there because you're not too happy miss Scott yeah I'll never forget I heard Harold Varner talk about how he was pumped at one tournament just because there was a casino nearby oh yeah and it's kind of funny like most of the tournaments we've played there's been casinos pretty close um, so that's always always has some good stories so what would you say is the biggest difference between beyond just what we'd expect with obviously you know, the minors versus the majors. Are there is there a difference between the PGA and Webb that maybe we wouldn't expect? Um, like with what with what aspect? Like talent or Yeah, or, yeah, you can go talent, you can go financially, mentally. Let's let's go talent. Because I've heard I think actually since, you know, Steph Curry played on the tour, I think it brought a lot more light into how solid the talent is on the web so yeah let's talk about talent i would say you know the web is obviously very talented i mean there's guys who've won five times on tour this year playing on the web um so there's guys who can get it done uh it's very competitive but i would say if you came out and watched a web event and a pga tour event the tour guys probably manage your game a lot better they hit more fairways they don't go at all the pins um and they don't hit driver every hole. There's a lot of a lot of guys just hit driver out here, and you have to make a lot of birdies on the web. But it's easy to make easier to make birdies from the fairway than the rough. Hmm. So you think it sounds like guys are in that state of mind where they're just going for it more, obviously, since they're trying to qualify for those top spots to get that PGA card. Yeah, and it's it's so hard not to force a good round out here. You just have to let it come to you, and hmm. it's it's hard when you you par like the first five holes and you feel like you're. You're losing ground, but you just you just have to keep trying, trying to make some birdies at yeah. some point. Well, speaking of birdies, we're gonna we pulled the research intern over. I'm gonna take you down memory lane as we were um, looking through your career. The what stood out to me was the junior players, like I said back in 2010, and I got a yeah. quote from your caddy that struck me. He said that. You have the best mental game that he's seen in a long time. Uh, and that's not, that's not just juniors, that's anyone. And out, he was out there for years caddying and apparently had caddied for the best, including Anthony Kim and Chris DeMarco. And he said, Michael's got it, plain and simple. So you won that event. And I looked at the leaderboard and I saw guys, I don't know if you recognize these names, Go ahead. Strat, but I believe there was a guy named Jordan Spieth. Heard of him. Uh, on that leaderboard, Daniel Berger, sure. Grillo, mm-hmm. 
uh, Patrick Rogers. Oh yeah. And one of your boys, Ollie mm-hmm. Schneiderjans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, you've clearly won at every level. You had second most wins at Auburn. So, in your mind, what do you think? Like, what do you take from that? And what do you think needs to happen for you to do the same on the web and eventually the PGA? Um. I mean, the mental game's obviously a big deal, and it's easy to have a good mental game when you're playing well. Uh, if you miss a green or hit a wedge shot to 20 feet, you're like, well, I'll probably make the putt anyways. I'm playing good. But it's it's you got to get your bad rounds better, which is huge, because you're not going to play well four days in a row. Um, it's just it's golf. Like You can't stripe it every day. So you have to make that three-over round into an even par round so you don't lose too much ground and you can still win a tournament. Um, I think that's the biggest thing is making your bad rounds better. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I actually noticed when I was watching the PGA on Sunday that that's kind of what I realized about uh, Matsuyama, where you've kind of heard Tiger talk about how his stinger was kind of like his his crutch of if he was struggling, he always kind of had that to get to the fairway. And I, it was kind of blowing my mind that a guy like Hideki Matsuyama was still swinging 800 miles an hour at the ball rather than just trying to get it in the fairway, especially at a place like Quail Hollow. So do you have those shots that you fall back on if you just don't have it that day? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's hard to hit fairways when you're trying harder to hit fairways, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, I'll just I'll end up aiming pretty, pretty good left and just cutting the ball back towards the fairway and if that's not working i'll just pull out three with my foot uh is usually pretty pretty solid baby cut guy yeah sure going back to that uh that leaderboard of guys that you beat question for you as an insider ollie schneider jans looks like a lego guy with that with that head of hair is that real hair because i gotta bet that that's actually a wig and if so i want to know whose wig guy is (laughs) (laughs) no it's real he's He's never worn a hat. Um, it's kind of his thing, and it's kind of the reason he he signed with uh, his the company he's with rather than another one because one company wanted him to wear a hat, and he's like, "That's not me. Sorry." Yeah. Let the locks uh, breathe. Mm. Yeah, you know, and all props to him because it's easy to just to just take a paycheck. There's a lot of people in golf who make short term decisions rather than long term decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes any sense, like switching equipment when you turn pro is usually never a great thing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if I were his agent, I'd be looking to Pert Plus, maybe his Pantene, trying to get some of those shampoo sponsorships. That's sure. just me. Though. Yeah. So, you know, there was certainly a, a lot of added uh, media and fanfare around the dot-com tour when Steph decided to play. My first question, I think what everyone wants to know, was was he playing with his mouth guard when he uh, he hit his, his 74s each day? <laughs> um, I wasn't in San Francisco, but I'm good friends with Jaeger, who played with Steph. And um, I don't think he had mouth guard in. Okay. Disappointing. That's too bad. But you know what? That actually makes a 74 even more impressive because <laughs> the guy was out of his right. comfort zone. Yeah, clearly. You know? okay. He probably would have made that cut if he was fucking with that mouth guard for two days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so you know the, your, your buddies with the guy that played with him. What was the word? Um, from him on his game and the word around tour of having Steph in a web.com event? Um, I would say originally there was a lot of negative things with him coming out and saying he was going to play. 
But in the end, I would say it was a lot more positive because people who are watching the web.com tour who don't even know what the web.com tour is. Um, and he played solid. I mean, he beat a guy who's won $8 million on tour. So, I mean, he's he obviously – he probably proved everyone wrong, to be honest. He proved me wrong. I didn't think he was going to play that good. And any funny stories you can let us in on from the week? Um. What about Steph? Yeah, or that week in general? Uh, not really. Well, besides, I'll say there's a ton of fans out there, and you know, I don't think they've ever been to a golf tournament before, so it's <laughs> not their fault. Um, but whenever Steph would finish the hole, San Francisco is kind of a tough walk. They would, Most of the fans would pull up the ropes, walk under them across the fairway, straight to the next hole instead of walking on the cart path like every other fan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was kind of just the only issue with Steph, I think, was was the amount of fans there. But as a web player, you can't complain about a crowd because most of the time we don't have huge crowds. <laughs> right. So were you – I know the big question was him taking a spot. Were you in that camp of – he was taking a spot of another guy, so you weren't really into it, or were you okay with it because of the exposure it would do for the tour? Um, I ended up being okay with it because the web has a spot every week that they could give it to Bo Jackson if they wanted to. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, you don't have to be a professional golfer for that spot. Um, most of the players wanted another group, so they wanted three more uh, players to be able to play if Steph was going to play. That was – a lot of players wanted that, but, I mean, it's not Steph's fault that they asked him to play in the tournament. Yeah, for sure. And incredible. He plays, like, what, three months? Yeah. And then he yeah, shoots back-to-back I mean, back 74. Beat, the, fact that, the fact that he beat – I don't know what he beat, 10 pros or something, is it's pretty impressive. For sure. So shifting I gears – I don't think we could – I don't think we could go in and play an NBA game. I, I got a pretty solid layup, though. I think maybe one out of every 250 tries, I might get one in there. Yeah, I'm out on that. You're gonna, you're gonna have to loft it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna have to be pretty different. high. Yeah, a little pin roll. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, all right. So, shifting gears to the PGA Tour, we know that your buddies with some guys on tour. Uh, contrast to what you said about the web with the grind and it feeling like the minors. Um, obviously, there's a bit more glitz and glamour with the private jets and, and the paychecks at the PGA Tour. We just want to hear the stories, Mike. I mean, you, you've got to have some good stories from your buddies on the PGA Tour after some wins or just life on tour. You got any, uh, got any juicy ones for us? Um, PGA Tour stories. Uh, let's see. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I could say, but I don't want to get people in trouble. Uh, I mean, we don't we don't have to say names either, per se. We yeah, just want the best stuff. Um, I mean, it's. I would say the guys they more send it when they're at home than when they're at a tournament. I've had heard uh, this is a, a very small story, but I had a friend play with a friend back in the day at the Honda, and he would get his caddy would give girls golf balls with the player's number <laughs> and uh 
that technique has been used uh, by a couple of my friends in tournaments, even amateur tournaments. They kind of try to do that, so that's always funny. You never really know what a, how a person's going to react. What kind of success? What kind of success? What kind of success rate are you seeing from that? More than you think. Okay. Um, Interesting. It's you know the kid did an amateur event and it worked, and then the. The guy who did it at the Honda, he had dinner with the girl that night, so I thought that wow. was pretty funny. Impressive. I would imagine um, the quality of the ball has something to do with it as well. You don't want to be passing out Wilsons. No, you gotta, you gotta throw out a tour quality ball. Sure, maybe Kirkland. You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, it sounds like the the number on the golf ball is almost like um, the the naked man. Two out of three in uh, How I Met Your Mother, you know? Two out yeah. of three success yeah. rate. Sure. sure. Let me ask you, Mike. You've mentioned that you're friends with JT. You mentioned a couple of other Bama grads. As an Auburn guy, how can you sleep at night actually talking to these guys, let alone being friends? Are you trying to keep the enemies closer? Are you trying to? Uh, are you doing some, some, some inside jobs here to, uh, to hopefully sabotage them in the long run? What's the deal? No, so I'm, obviously I grew up in Alabama, and I going into school, I was definitely closer to the Alabama team than the Auburn team because I grew up playing golf with them, and I was I took a visit to Alabama, but I just I couldn't do it, so I went I went to Auburn, and um, because I love Auburn, and I knew if I golf didn't work out, I could have fun there, and um, so obviously kept in touch with the Alabama guys, and I'm just as good as friends with them as. The guys I played with at Auburn, um, but I wouldn't. We don't really talk about Auburn, Alabama sports that much. It, <laughs> it frustrates. I mean, it's more frustrating to me because they win every game. Right. Have um, you uh, Have you had a chance to play any golf with Bo Jackson? Um, I have not played with Bo. Bo has called me once. Uh, my high school golf coach was Al Greco, who kicked in the league for like. 15 years and he played with Bo at Auburn so they're pretty good friends he got him to call me one time which was pretty cool that's awesome so have you heard from JT since he won um I haven't heard from him I sent him a text and I, I said uh do not text me back I know you've received a thousand text messages just really happy for you you deserve it how many how many beers do you think you can fit in the water maker slash Please tell us you're planning to join a bit of the festivities. <laughs> um, I will probably be down in Jupiter. I went last year in January. I stayed at Justin's house. Um, so I'd like to do that trip again. It's pretty sweet down in Jupe. But the Wanamaker looks like at least 12 beers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was going to put mine right around 14, so that checks out. Sure. Yeah, I would assume, but I'm my my good friend Tom lives with Justin, obviously, and he'll be down there this week in Juke back home. He lives with Justin, and uh, I'm sure we'll find out real quick how many. They're Coors Light guys, so I'll figure out how many Coors Lights fit. That's a little different than I drink Miller Light, but they they can drink Coors Light. Sure. Fine. So, given that JT weighs maybe 140 pounds soaking wet, were you as surprised as us that he was able to lift that trophy up? <laughs> well, you know, it's like his golf swing. He started from the ground up. <laughs> sure, there you go. <laughs> Lift, lifted those legs. Sure. Yeah. 
So you won the uh, 2015, and stick with me here because this tournament name is a long one, Tiger Invitational, presented by Jason Duffner, <laughs> brought to you by Chris DeMarco, with support from Ernie Els, and any, any other pro that wants to toss their name in the ring. <laughs> Apart from being uh, such an inclusive tournament name, is there any good uh, Duff lore or Duff stories that you can share with us? I know that the uh, the Auburn guys like to stick together. Yeah, um, Duff... If you don't know him, he probably won't talk to you. But if you do know him, he will. He's one of the biggest shit talkers ever. I mean, that dude just is just a huge shit talker. So, my freshman year, we had nationals at Riviera. And obviously, Duff plays the LA Open there. And he flies up Monday to play with us or to tell us where to hit shots. He was our intern coach that day. And Dom Bazelli and Blaine Barber are both on the team and I'm on the team. And we're playing our practice round and I swear to you, from the moment Dom stepped foot at Riviera to the moment he stepped off, Duff was shit talking. <laughs> just just the Dom. And him and Dom are obviously pretty close, but it was hilarious. I mean if Dom didn't hit the farthest drive, he'd be like, Dom, you need to get in that weight room, bud. Or if he hit a bad chip shot, he's like, your, your technique's terrible. Like, you never play the, you'll never play the tour. <laughs> I mean, Duff, he's, he's a huge shit talker. I mean, that's, it's unbelievable. Like, he just, it's just constant. I guess he, he just loves it. And do you guys give it back? Like, who talks, does anybody give him shit about the waggle? Or what, what's the, um, the fire back? There's really not much. If I mean, you tell them like, I, there's you just can't fire back at him because anything you say, he, he can. I mean, he's won twenty mil. He's just gonna say, "Well, my bank account's bigger," or <laughs> like just whatever. I mean, yeah. he's, it's a great he's comeback. Plenty it always of, works. Plenty of fire. Yeah, you know. Can't yeah, that's a classic much. fig jam Phil reply. Yeah, you know. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I think we all can agree that that a bigger duff is a better duff too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He would probably agree, too. He probably feels better. Oh, yeah. So, speaking of, I know you said that JT is a Coors-like guy. We talked about it. Smiley's a natty-like guy. Uh, Smiley obviously established himself a bit as a trailblazer there. So, number one, is Smiley forever in charge of bringing brews to barbecues? And who would be your dream sponsor? Um. So me and Smiley live in the same town, and he does always have Natty Light, so that part is pretty nice. Good. And uh, now he has a he has a Natty like kegerator, uh, so it's you can have Natty on keg, and it's ice cold whenever you want. Thank God. So that's pretty nice. And you asked me what sponsor I'd want. Yeah, your dream, your dream sponsor. You know, any sponsor. Any sponsor. Yeah, anything across yeah. the board. Your dream sponsor. Wow. Dream sponsor, man. That is, t- I probably go. I probably go Tito's. Tito's. Oh, he's a Tito's guy. Yeah, yeah. gluten free. Sure. <laughs> Tito's is a. It's a game day thing. It's a. It's a pretty solid. You go. You go straight up, or are you mixing it with anything? Um, if it's a hot game, I usually go Tito's and Sprite. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. it's a cold game, I will go bourbon. And uh, Coke. Excellent choice. I like that. Who, guys got class. Who would your dream sponsor be of? Dream uh, sponsor. Bourbon? Um, hmm. You know what? I a Scotch brand. 
Maybe that new Justin Rose scotch. Oh. You know? Maybe Glenn Levitt 12. Okay. Who knows? I'm a class guy. Sure. Yeah. sure. Single cube. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know Strat's probably going to... Strat's a big simulator guy. He's building one out in his garage right now. He probably wants... Uh, what is that? Opti shot? Maybe <laughs> Man <laughs> of the People? I might, go with, I might go with Track Man if I have my druthers. Sure. But... Uh... Yeah, uh, with, with a little Tito's, though, I think, just to, to make those shanks a little easier to digest. Sure. Can't say that's word. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're amateurs. We're cool here. I mean, like, it happens to us all the time. <laughs> all right, so on the web.com, not to bring back too many bad memories, but, you know, we had our research guy, and from May to July, you missed six cuts, but then yeah, you had T12, T19, you almost won a month ago, and you have is, haven't missed a cut since. So number one, how hard, because Strat and I, you know, we've got our moments just like everyone else, and some days you, you just don't feel like playing because you're playing so bad. How hard is it, I've always wondered, to go out there when you're struggling, and then what change in your mindset, or just your putting, uh, to turn it around? Um, yeah, when you're struggling, everything is so hard, I mean, especially out here because you have to make so many birdies. Um, you just, but it's your job. You know, you have to, you just have to go out there and try your hardest and hopefully it's enough. But, um, I, uh, I got some help from a new teacher and that's really helped me. Um, and I switched putters to the putter I use in the Barbasol cause I switched cause I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> And that's really helped. I've, my putting has been so much better, and I've been hitting more fairways. And it's been a lot more fun. I mean, I remember shooting 70. I think I shot five over in Chicago the first round, and I went to the range, and I looked at my caddy and was like, I have no idea what to work on. Like, I don't know what to do. And I sent a text to my agent with uh, two swing videos saying, send this out. And if they send back saying, hey, your swing, swing looks pretty good, they're a terrible teacher because <laughs> that was the most frustrating thing is I would play events and I missed a cut and they're like man you, know, you got a lot of talent you look pretty good I'm like well I just missed another cut so fuck <laughs> <laughs> me right <laughs> yeah so uh, it was pretty frustrating but it's been it's been um, it's been that much better to be able to enjoy uh, locking up my web card to struggle and then kind of fight back so was it like a single swing thought one tweak Technically, or what what thing kind of turned it around? Um, I think the biggest thing for me to set up, my, my hips were running downhill like I was going to hit a trap cut, which you would never hit. And uh, I just got my hips running uphill, and it's really helped my swing. It's been a small thing, but I think it's, it's, it's helped me get back how I was swinging uh, last year. Nice. All right, we've got two more questions, then we're going to get you out of here. Uh, I've always been really curious on what separates a guy who makes it and who doesn't. I've actually, one of my best friends was a top amateur in Missouri growing up. Him and Scott Langley were the two top guys. I don't know if you know Scott on tour, but yeah. um, it's funny because my best buddy would beat Scott regularly throughout junior golf. And then my buddy went to Missouri State and Scott went to Illinois and he told my buddy told me that he think in his mind the difference between him who now sells insurance to Scott who plays golf professionally is <laughs> sorry Ryan uh, 
he he basically <laughs> said that when he went low, he tried to hang on, and Scott tried to go lower. So number one, does this ring true to you? And is there any other observations you've made from your buddies on tour that have made it and some who haven't as what separates uh, those two? No, I totally agree with uh, Ryan, is that his name? Yep. Um, you know, when he gets seven under, you should probably try and get to eight under. Uh, and that's, you just have to become comfortable with doing that. Um, unless you're like a major championship when the course is hard, unless you're playing Aaron Hills. Um, but, uh, and then the, only, the other thing I think is you just have to be so calm and like mentally tough. And I think the guys who have terrible attitudes on tour are probably more talented, mm-hmm. like a, like a John Rom who kind of, he kind of gets upset, um, but he's really good. And then, like, even, like, Pat Perez, I mean, that guy used to break clubs in tournaments, and now I think he's calmed down a lot this year, and he's he makes a million dollars a year on the West Coast. Yep. Um, and I think it just mentally wears on you if you are frustrated. and You just become an unhappy person, and it's hard to – I mean, if you wake up unhappy, like, you probably – your tempo's going to be all weird and jacked up and – won't get off to a good start i mean that's just my opinion i think mentally you just have to be kind of stoic and just calm yep so in addition to the uh the mental game of things you know like when we go out and practice like any good range rat we're grabbing a couple hundred balls and just the driver and we're heading out there <laughs> and we're hitting those power slices like any good amateur yeah. is there uh is there any kind of you know specific drills or is there any specific kind of thought process that you have when you're showing up for practice just to to keep you engaged or at least to uh to make sure that you're working on any one thing or is it are you just trying to address some of the problem areas that you've identified from the week week before or or all of the above yeah i mean you definitely look at the past week and see what you can improve on and see what you can continue and like you said being engaged in your practice is huge because i mean it's it's it you shouldn't practice if you go out there and you're just going to whack balls and you're, you're like, oh, well, I just wasted an hour of my life. But I like to go out there and just, if I'm going to practice, I'm going to get some stuff done. And um, for my putting, I'll hit some like three footers to just get my start lines down. And my swing, I'll shoot some video to my swing coach and just make sure everything's good. And um, nothing crazy. I mean, golf's, golf's pretty easy if you hit fairways and greens. And that's what I've been trying to do. So that's what we need to be doing. Yeah, Strat's trying to get a little uh, inside knowledge for his practice sessions. But it kind of amazes me, honestly, when you watch those videos that kind of recap, you know, some of the top pros' warm-up routines. And it's like, you know, Jordan hits like maybe 60 putts from different distances. Then he goes to the range and hits like 27 irons, 24 irons, drivers. And suddenly you've hit like maybe 60 balls and putted for like an hour and a half before you even tee off. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I saw one of those videos, and Dustin Johnson hit, like, 34 irons. So, like, <laughs> I would be, I'd be so tired if I hit 34 irons. Yeah. Um, a thing Duff does that I try to do, I'm not very good at, is he hits the same number of range balls every tournament, huh. every tournament round. Interesting. 
That makes sense. How many balls is it, you know? I want to say it's like 43 or something. Oh, interesting. The Magic 43. Um, it's it's something. He told us once and down when I was in Auburn, and I can't remember, but my question to him was, what happens if you like just toe hook your last drive? Like, <laughs> and and then he, he said something about classic, his bank account. <laughs> oh, yeah. Classic Duff, he's like, uh, uh, I'm fine. <laughs> That's amazing. Classic Duff. All right, man. Well, this was great. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, one final question for you. If we land you Tito's as your sponsor, I assume you're getting us a plus two at Smiley's Wedding? Um, we're yeah. great We're great speech guys. We'll get up there. Yeah, we'll we'll make it rain. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. All right. That's a legally binding contract. You heard it here first. All right. We'll get the, we'll yep. get the wheels moving for you. Perfect. Yeah, he's a big fan of Tito's, too, so he'd probably be all down for it. Okay, perfect. Right, maybe even the bachelor party. All right. We won't count them before they're sure. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Consider it done. All right. All right, Mike. Well, best right. of luck the rest of the year. Uh, we hope to see you on the PGA Tour soon, and uh, we'd love to have you on again in the future. Yeah, just let me know. This is fun. Sounds good, man. Thanks, Appreciate Mike. It. And just as the sun rises and sets in Scotland, so, too, have we come to the end of another par train. Be sure to follow us at the par train on Instagram and Twitter, and of course, subscribe to us on iTunes. And may your glasses always stay full and your ball always end up in the bottom of the cup.